Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Good morning, friends. The scripture reading for today is Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Nighttime has been coming earlier this week. We will see less of the sun every day for the next month and a half until winter solstice. This week has been dark. I've thought a lot about that darkness. I've thought a lot about the absence of light and the absence of safety. I've thought a lot about the absence of certainty and the fear of uncertainty. I've been thinking a lot about the empire and what happens when the empire seems to win. I've been thinking a lot about the crucifixion of Jesus this week. But more than that, I've been thinking a lot about what happened in the days after the crucifixion. What happened the day after Jesus died at the hands of the oppressors? What happened the day after that? Truthfully, there isn't a lot of documentation in the Gospels about it. We can read that Joseph, who had become a disciple, had given up his own tomb for Jesus. We can read that Jesus' friends wrapped his body in spices and linen and put him to rest. We can read that they rolled a stone in front of the tomb and that Pilate ordered for the tomb to be made secure so that Jesus' body could not be stolen. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19 says, On the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were together with the doors locked in fear of the religious leaders. They were hiding in fear. I imagine that they were grieving. Even those who walked closely with Jesus in the flesh experienced the weight of human fear. They feared oppression. They feared the empire that did not want them to exist or at least did not want their message to live on. They feared life without a leader like Jesus. They grieved the loss of their dear friend and rabbi, the one who stood up for the oppressed and the marginalized. We can read about Mary and Mary Magdalene who went to look at the tomb a few days after the crucifixion. 
We can read that the earth shook violently. We can read that the stone moved without the help of a human hand. We can read that an angel appeared and told the women that Jesus had risen from the dead. We can read that the women ran to tell the other disciples. And scripture says that they ran afraid but full of joy. Afraid but full of joy. I would like to point out here as an aside that women were the first people to preach the gospel of resurrection. Christ trusted women as leaders. We can read that Jesus appeared to the disciples. Some doubted the reality of his presence. Others worshiped him. Still others wondered, how could this be? We saw him in the grave. We saw the world go dark when he took his last breath. We saw the empire celebrate while the earth grieved. The days after Jesus' death were apocalyptic, much like our current state of being in our country. And that's not to say that it's the end times. It's not to say the world is going to end. I don't think that's going to happen. The word apocalypse literally means revealing. It means disclosure or to take off the cover. This week, we have watched as a deep, disturbing truth has been revealed around us. Our country is not as progressive as we thought it was. We have, as a country, so often patted ourselves on the back because of our color blindedness and our tolerance of the other. As a country, we have fallen prey to the condition of moralistic, therapeutic deism. That is to say, we do nice things like embrace the marginalized because it makes us feel good about ourselves and it makes us think that God feels better about us for it too. But truthfully, our colorblindedness won't cut it because race exists and racism exists. It is infecting our communities and disenfranchising people who carry just as much of the light of God as us as much as the middle-class white folks who go to church every Sunday, as much as Jesus himself. We are, in many ways, sitting in darkness. Many of us have stayed hidden behind locked doors this past week, and rightfully so. We have hid like the disciples of Jesus hid when they feared that the empire would oppress them. The disciples grieved. We grieve. And rightfully so. Please do not shy away from your grief. Do not shy away from your fear. But as the disciples learned, there is something more resilient than the darkness of the tomb. There is something capable of rising from the grave, stronger than the empire, more faithful than fear. It is the resurrection of Jesus' message of love for God and our neighbor, of justice for the oppressed. It reminds me of the Tizé song that we so often sing here. Within our darkest night, you kindle the fire that never dies away. It never dies away. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade.
Contextually speaking, the original audience of Mark's gospel knew that this particular mustard plant was an invasive species. <laughs> it takes over quickly. It grows until it's so large that birds can hide under its shade. It's a gardener's worst nightmare. Those of you who like to keep well-kept, organized gardens would not be pleased to find this mustard plant spreading so rapidly. In the book of Acts, we see Jesus' friends come alive in a way they never had before. After experiencing such devastating grief and darkness, after realizing just how deep the systems of oppression could run, after this despair was revealed to them, the disciples were suddenly empowered to bring the kingdom of God closer than they had ever seen it. They were connecting to one another deeply across language and cultural barriers. They healed the sick. They joined together in great numbers. They were the first Christian church, and 2,000 years later, we are a testimony of the power that came alive in them through that darkness. The kingdom of God spreads like an invasive species. The kingdom of God exists right now here when we worship together and celebrate with one another, here when we grieve together, out there when we recognize the needs of the oppressed and do our best to meet those needs. And the kingdom of God is coming when we realize that the power that pulled Jesus from the grave is dwelling inside us now. The kingdom of God is coming when we recognize that of God in one another. The kingdom of God is the now and the not yet. As the kingdom of God, we can grieve and recognize that there is darkness. And in that darkness, we can unite across all of the barriers that separate us from each other and from the divine. We can be the resurrection. What shall we say the kingdom of God is like? What do you need from your community when you're grieving? What does it look like to be the resurrection? <laughs>